You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of chasetrunacouch.com, and if I sound like crap, it's because you sound how you feel, apparently. Um, yeah, not been doing well this week. Um, still dealing with a headache, still dealing with my throat being kind of scratchy. Um, pretty sure it wasn't COVID. It was not one of the cluster of people in Clayton Park. Pretty close to Clayton Park, but not there. I'm in I'm in a different part. So Yeah, pretty sure it's not that. But yeah, it's just been been kind of a rough week in that regard. Just been a lot of being in bed, being in my apartment, not being able to really do anything. Anyway, I'm here. Blue Jays are here. They keep doing things. So we can talk about them. But I I did want to talk about a non-Blue Jays thing that happened first. Um, There was history made earlier today in Major League Baseball. Took way longer than it should have, but... For the first time, there will be a woman general manager in one of the four main professional sports. And, I mean, if I if I said that and didn't, and you had no idea, like, of anything that happened today, you probably know who the person is that I'm talking about. Because it seems like we've been waiting for her to get this opportunity for years. And today, the Miami Marlins made it official. They hired Kim Ng as their general manager. Not only the first uh, female GM, first Asian American GM. And this is huge. I mean, this is... This is the sort of thing that, that, you know, we've been waiting for. This is Alyssa Nacken times 10. I mean, not to diminish Alyssa's accomplishments with San Francisco. Having her in the dugout is huge as well. But um, they've been so loath to put women in a position of power in this sport. And I, I follow a lot of... Um, journalists on Twitter and just to see the joy that people took to see the happiness that people were able to express in finally seeing Kim get the role that she has deserved for a while she started as an intern in 1990 she's been in this business for 30 years like she has proven herself she's arguably overqualified for this job Yet it took until 2020 for her to finally get her chance. And and kudos to the Marlins. Yeah, we're, we're doing that. Kudos to the Marlins. The Marlins are no longer the joke franchise. 
I will I will not make jokes about the Marlins anymore because the Marlins are proving that that while they may not have fans, they do have morals and they do have things they stand on and they are trying to make things um move. But yeah, this is this is huge. This is finally someone getting an opportunity to break through a ceiling that you know there there don't there shouldn't be that many ceilings these days but finally she gets to do it and um you know the i i can only imagine what she has had to endure in her time while waiting for it and um Molly Knight did a great write up in the athletic of um of just what Kim had to do. And and one passage um, stood out. Um, Molly saying that what she remembers about Ng during her time in the Dodgers front office was that it was run by a lot of emotional men who would shout at one another and fight over who got credit for what as Ng remained cool as a cucumber. Molly remembered thinking how funny it was that women were labeled too emotional for serious jobs like running a sports team while the male owner running the Dodgers literally drove the team into bankruptcy because he hated his wife so much. And if that doesn't just encapsulate what women have to go through in sports to try and break the ceilings, ceilings like the one Kim broke today, and just essentially have to sit there and just be calm, be cool, and just put up with so much before giving me this opportunity. And I'm, I am hopeful that once, you know, she gets settled into the front office, she's been in the major league offices for the past 10 years. Actually left the Dodgers front office in 2010 to take her role in Major League Baseball as like the um, I have to, I have to search to find the exact phrase, but um, the senior vice president of baseball operations under Joe Torre. That's that's what she did which Joe knew her from her time as an assistant general manager with the Yankees when she won three World Series titles. So you would think that, you know, she would have gotten a shot. This is the sixth team she's interviewed for. Finally gets the opportunity with the Marlins. And, you know, she really wants to put her stamp on things she can. The Marlins are like the perfect blank slate of a team having done some experimenting with them and out of the park. I know how much you can play around with that. She's not going to have a lot of money to work with, obviously, because it's the Marlins. However, women in this industry have had to make do with less a lot. And, you know, we're, we're kind of used to it. So I think Kim's going to be all right. I think the Marlins are well positioned to build on the growth that they've made this season. Don Mattingly's manager of the year winning season 
and be able to position themselves to hopefully challenge Atlanta and challenge the Mets. See if the Nationals and Phillies want to do anything, but I don't know. So, just want to author my heartfelt congratulations to Kim and again, I this it's maybe enough to make the Marlins my my NL team. I know, I'm very fickle like that. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um one thing you don't have to wait to see what'll happen is when you get yourself some built bars and you take a bite and I don't even know why you're biting them because they're they're soft, they're easy to chew. You can like basically let them melt in your mouth. But they are really good. They're really delicious. They got flavors like coconut almond, mint brownie, double chocolate, cookies and cream, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. There's so many. And you can just order the mix box and get all of them. And they're all coated in 100% chocolate. And like, how how can that be bad? Definitely not with Built Bars because they, they're great for helping you maintain a health-conscious diet. They allow you to lose or maintain your weight while indulging yourself a little bit because their bars have anywhere from 17 to 19 grams of protein, anywhere from 130 to 180 calories. That's that's under 200 calories. And you're getting all that protein and fiber. And, you know, just being able to enjoy yourself while on that diet. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code locked on. And you'll get 20% off your next order. So use that promo code locked on for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know if you tuned in to my awards prediction show last week, but I did pretty well. I got seven out of eight right. And... You know, I I will admit, I did think the American League Rookie of the Year was a little closer than it was. I thought Robert had a better shot at pulling some votes away from Kyle Lewis, but Kyle Lewis was not to be denied. And I'm happy I got Devin Williams right. But, you know, I didn't expect the Blue Jays to do a lot there. And it was proven Montoya and Ryu ended up both coming in third place in their respective categories. But... Hey, they made the final list, so that's something. That's a step in the right direction. The one category I did not get right was the National League MVP, and I I was watching that. I was like, I'm going to have a perfect awards prediction, and no, no. Mookie Betts did not win it. Instead, Freddie Freeman got it for Atlanta. I was a little skeptical that you know, I, I guess the best player on a good team argument still works for Freeman because Atlanta was pretty good this season. L.A. was the best, obviously, but uh, Freeman's offensive numbers just frankly could not be ignored in the eyes of the voting public because Freeman, he went off pretty well. Um batted 341 in all 60 games, played all 60 games, led the league in runs and doubles. And, you know, 
when when you hit 341 it looks pretty good i mean it wasn't good enough to get dj lemayhew up to the the mvp but i figured that i figured a jose abreu would get it for the for the power and the and the runs driven in um but yeah what that means for freddie freeman and and to win so comprehensively first of all um if i recall correctly it's the first mvp for someone who can nominally be called canadian because he does play for the canadian national team first mvp since larry walker and that ain't nothing i mean i've i've written pieces about the impact of larry walker on on the game in canada and and what it meant and i may be forgetting joey Votto. let me double check yeah joey got it actually so i'm wrong joey Votto did win the mvp in 2010 but still the first player to win mvp from canada in 10 years and that still means something freddie freeman is arguably the most visible canadian player right now Joey Votto's kind of faded into the background as his career has wound down. He's not been as effective for Cincinnati. But Freeman being able to step up like this for Atlanta and just assert himself in such a way, that's huge for a country that, you know, is just starting to rekindle that love affair with baseball again. I mean, the Blue Jays runs in 2015 2016 yeah they were able to to you know reignite something in toronto but for the country we didn't we had that kind of lull there where nothing really happened and you see it at like the little league level where you know we we send kids to the little league world series and oftentimes we can't really do anything like like i mentioned in my uh in my walker article from much earlier this year back when you know you could sit in a coffee shop and actually write um walker had such a profound effect on the the bc area that you know they've become just the dominant force in little league baseball from 2005 to 2019 14 of the 15 Canada-wide championships were won by BC teams. And, you know, while that hasn't translated to success at the Little League World Series, because, I mean, Canada hasn't had a podium finish since 1998. Uh, And that one was shared. They didn't actually end up playing the third-place game. Canada lost that one to Japan. Um, let's see, that's the famous Tom's River victory. Todd Frazier was on that team. But, you know, it, it gives you hope that maybe there is something to jumpstart it a little bit. I mean, I played baseball when I was a kid. And while I wasn't very good, it did give me, you know, something that I, I could have competitively and kind of learn things from and you know what that still happens to this day when I'm playing softball it's it's a good spot for kids to be in to learn like learn those things like teamwork and you know 
respect and, you know, feeling how, how everyone's equal on the diamond. So I, I'm hopeful this will help. I know Freddie Freeman doesn't have as big an impact in Canada as a guy who's born and raised in Canada, like a Joey Votto, but still Canadian is the MVP. Haven't been able to say that in 10 years. It's pretty good. I like it. I'm going to keep doing it. So if you want me, if you want to be here repeatedly hearing me bringing up that the MVP of the National League is a Canadian, then you can subscribe to this show on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. You can subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at LockedOnJays. And you can follow me on Twitter at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. And some of y'all are being really, really, really dumb today. I don't think it's anyone who's listening to this. But there are some really dumb people out there today. Really dumb. Um, and before, before I close down, um, one final... Uh, award voting note. Shout out to former Blue Jay Ryan Tapera, who is now an MVP candidate level pitcher after a writer for the St. Louis Times, or was it Post Dispatch in St. Louis? I don't know. Anyway, he misclicked. He meant to vote for Trey Turner, which would have made a lot more sense. Trey Turner finished in seventh. Instead, accidentally clicked for Ryan Tapera. I love it. I love it when stuff happens like this. This is a vote for Rory kind of feel. I love how Tapera took it on Twitter. It's like, same thing I'm doing. Like, I'm an MVP candidate. I got a vote. So I'm I'm proud of him for doing that. Keep repping, Ryan. Doing well. And, you know, still still showing that love north for the border. So just wanted to give Ryan Tapera that shout out before I close down this episode. And yeah, we'll be back with some more Blue Jays-centric topics next time. Ross Atkins said some interesting things about starting pitching, so we're probably going to have to discuss that a little bit. So until then, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at chaserandacouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to tonight's episode, and y'all take care.